Hola mi gente. The moment you've been waiting for is finally here. My brand new book, Financially Lit, is officially out. And I can't wait for you to get your copy. Inside this book, I'm bringing you culturally relevant and relatable personal finance advice that will allow you to finally feel seen, heard, and understood. Whether it's the guilt you feel from being the first person to make it while members of your family are still struggling, or the way that financial trauma manifests itself in negative and limiting beliefs around money, Financially Lit is here to guide you through it all. Just a few years ago, it was almost impossible to find personal finance books written for first-generation wealth-building Latinas. We have been forced to navigate the complicated world of money with a bunch of money books written by old white dudes who don't understand what it's like for us first-gen kids. But that stops right here, right now. Inside Financially Lit, you will learn how to set boundaries with your familia, with your dinero, create and pass on generational wealth, diversify and increase your income, protect yourself from financial abuse, navigate the complicated relationship between amor and dinero, invest like a white dude or better, and so much more. You can get your hard copy and audiobook version of Financially Lit at financiallylitbook.com and make sure to join our email list so you can find out when I'm stopping in a city near you for the Financially Lit book tour. See you soon. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Yo Quiero Dinero, a personal finance podcast for the modern Latina. This ain't your abuelita's financial advice. I'm your host, Janice Torres Rodriguez, and I'm here to help you tackle grown woman business when it comes to all things dinero. We're going to talk about how to make it, keep it, and grow it. On that note, vamos. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Yo Quiero Dinero, the podcast. This is your host, Janice. And today I am bringing you another success story of a young Latina who realized that her potential could be fully unleashed if she just got rid of that freaking student loan debt, which I know so many of us deal with. And we, we kind of have our light bulb moment at different times. For me, it was after turning 30, but for Danielle, she's 26 She paid off $26,000 in 26 months. I feel like 26 is her number for sure. So I can't wait for you guys to hear this conversation with Danielle and find out how she tackled her student loan debt and unleashed her financial freedom. Let's have our conversation with Danielle. Danielle Romolaru is the founder of First Gen Money, a financial literacy company that focuses on the first generation population, those who are first to graduate from college or build wealth in the U.S., Danielle hopes to empower and educate Latinas in their money journeys. A born and raised Jersey girl with Ecuadorian immigrant parents, Danielle graduated from Rutgers University in 2015 with a political science and women's and gender studies degree, along with over $30,000 in student loan debt. As of December 2019, Danielle lives debt-free, having paid off $26,385 in 26 months. So Danny, thank you so much for being here. I'm super excited to talk to you because I actually discovered your 
content in your Instagram and I love what you're doing representing for basically Generation Z, right? Like, do you qualify? Because I'm not sure. How old are you? No, I'm definitely not Generation Z. I'm a millennial. Okay, so so we're in the same club then. We're in the millennial club. Yes, yes, we are. I am 26, so quite quite old to be in that uh, really generation I feel like <laughs> well, I'm too old to call myself a millennial at 34 and apparently I'm right at the cutoff well so. okay no yeah no I think I'm like the perfect age for like a millennial but if I was to say like Gen Z like they're just either like gra- like the oldest people are graduating college oh, right okay now. so yeah Got it. there's so many labels but thank you for being here because I just love what you're doing from um, just the fact that you're making personal finance like a thing that people are actually talking about at the age of 26, which I know I sure as hell was not. And there's really, there was really nobody to rely on to get that information. So I, I just really appreciate what you're doing. So thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me too. like, I, you know, I've been toying with the idea of a podcast. And I finally decided like, I'm not going to do that. But to see that there are other Latinas who are using this platform and talking about it to, you know, address money and money conversations. It's really, it's great. So I'm really happy to be on here. Awesome. Well, I have a ton of questions for you. So let's go ahead and dive right in. So my first question for you is what your relationship was like with money growing up? And how did you first become interested in personal finance? If you could talk us through that? Yeah, so I think um, there's a lot of layers to this, right? So As a young child, like I really didn't notice any money issues with my parents. I now looking back and like thinking it through, I'm like, okay, yeah, they were definitely like not struggling, but they were doing the most to like make sure that we had everything because we did have like all the snacks in the world. We had Christmas was huge in our house. Like people came and like we had somebody dress up as Santa with like a big bag of like gifts. So like we always had so much stuff and my parents owned their house. They never like, you know, they weren't trying to make rent. Like that wasn't an issue. Like, sure. Maybe they were trying to make the mortgage, but I never saw that as a child. But later we moved when I was like in going into fifth grade, we moved from a city to the suburbs. So we were, we're in New Jersey. I was born and raised in New Jersey. So in that shift, you know, I, it gave us like more opportunities, but it also, we started to see some changes in like the lifestyle because we we were going to a wealthier, you know, neighborhood and we wanted to keep up with the Joneses. So me and my sister started asking, my older sister uh, started asking for things that were like brands because that's what people were wearing. So we kept asking for more things like that. And for the first time, it was kind of like, a, no, you don't need to get that. At first we'd get like the Puma sneakers, but then after a while, it's like, and my mom says that she was saying no, because she didn't want me to be a copycat, but I'm like, Maybe there were some things going on there, but yeah, <laughs> I, we started to feel like we needed to look a certain way to be in that neighborhood. So my parents always drove like old beat up cars when we lived in the city. And, um, and when I say city, I mean, Jersey city in New mm-hmm. Jersey. Um, we, you know, like that, they weren't like embarrassed to do that. And I don't know what was going through their, you know, feelings, but we did upgrade a car we got a nice suburban. It was huge. And obviously our family was growing. So it made sense to get a bigger car. But all those things, you know, like you're trying to keep up with the Joneses now that you live in this nice neighborhood. And so that it got to a point where my parents had to file for bankruptcy. 
when I was a teenager. I don't know exactly what year it was in high school, but I was in high school and, you know, I saw a shift and it was, it was very different than how we had lived before. And we still had food on the table. So that was never an issue, but it wasn't, you know, they weren't using cards. It was more of like a cash household because when you declare bankruptcy, you know, you don't have any credit. Nobody gives you any credit. So you're just living on like your debit cards. So, I mean, I think that really like enforced and my parents really enforced like this growth mindset. They always never were like, there's not enough money. They were always like, you know, we don't have the money, but it's going to be there tomorrow. Yeah. And there are so many times my mom was like, yeah, we didn't have money. I didn't know how we were going to make the payment, but the next day, like somehow money came in. So like my parents, I think really like enforced that growth mindset and, you know, everything always worked out. So that's also given me the sense that like money is something that just like flows into your life. You just have to like accept it and not think about like the money that you don't have. I love that. Yeah. And, you know, it also, you know, part of it was how do I like, how do I make myself secure with money? So I think a lot of that made me a careful spender and I'm sure we'll get into that later. Yeah. So, uh, so many points in this first question, like just for those that don't know, I also grew up in New Jersey and New Jersey is one of these places that like it, it's in the Northeast, but people don't realize it's one of the most segregated states in the country, especially when it comes to income. Like they're, they price people out of areas based on just like how expensive it is to buy a house or like live in an area. So I grew up in an urban area in New Jersey. I grew up in Elizabeth. And, Mm. you know, like 15 minutes down the road, you're like talking about a place that has like upwards of million dollar homes and they're less than like, you know, three miles away from each other. But Mm -hmm. they're they're, there. That is very intentional. And um, so, yeah, I can definitely see how your parents would feel the pressure to like live up to the expectations of living in a higher income area because there that difference is really stark. Yeah. Yeah. It is. And, you know, even till this day, like I, we, I, I notice it now. I'm like, why are you buying this? Like just to impress certain people that you don't ever even see. Yeah. So it's still <laughs> an a issue. Lot of us are guilty of that too. You know, it's just it, what you yeah, see, you know, are. you want to compete. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. 100%. Yeah. So what was your debt situation like before you decided to make a change? So I, my like light bulb moment really happened in like, I'm going to say summer 2017. And before then I did not, the only debt I had was student loan debt. And I think this is a lot because of like what I saw with my parents' financial situation, you know, with the credit cards and like spending money they didn't have, but also because I saw my sister was, you know, also struggling with debt that she had gotten from store credit cards. So I always had this fear of like credit cards. So Mm -hmm. any debt that I had was what I accumulated at school and I graduated in 2015. So from 2015 to when I got my first job, I didn't, I didn't open a credit card because I was like, I'm not going to open a credit card. If I don't know, like my income was like kind of all over the place. I was waitressing and interning. So nothing was secure. But when I got that first full-time job, I was like, okay, now I can open a credit card and build my credit. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I didn't have any other debt, but the student loans. And I had about 32,000. Okay. And um, 
what inspired you to make a change in like how you were handling your your debt? Because you were kind of just like, you know, paying the minimum, right? And then at some point, you're just like, this is not, it's not gonna work. Right. So in, in school, there was one loan that I took out that I had it like co-signed with my grandmother. And that loan, I actually like, that was the first one that I paid off. And I knew instantly, like, I need to pay this off as soon as I graduate, because like, I didn't want to have like my grandmother, you know, be like, at mercy with it too, you know, like I didn't want her name in it. So that one I paid off completely, but then the rest, I was like, okay, I can just pay the minimum until that summer of 2017 when I, you know, just after a year of working full-time at this job that wasn't my favorite job in the world, I, I was like, what do I have to show for it? And I really didn't have anything, you know, I didn't buy anything crazy, right? I didn't buy anything that I could say like, oh, I bought, this expensive bag and that's where all my money went like no this was just day-to-day spending on small stuff like going to CVS and maybe getting like too much ice cream I don't know it was just <laughs> yeah. like the stuff that doesn't really like didn't bring me joy and I didn't have any savings and I was like and I still have this debt I'm like where where's my money <laughs> yeah so I think it was that kind of moment to like and also I was commuting into the city every day. So I had a lot of time on my hands to like listen to podcasts and I was becoming very um, interested in the personal finance space. So that with a combination of like, I have made a lot of money in the last year. I have nothing to show for it. Let's do something about it. Yeah. That's awesome. There's always just that light bulb moment where you feel like you're just not doing what you should be doing. Right. Or just like whatever you've been taught to do with money just doesn't make sense anymore. So that's great. Um, okay, so what was your game plan? How did you get started? You know, I didn't really have like a, because the podcast that I were, were, was listening to, they were never like, they were more inspirational. So when it came to a game plan, I just kind of thought, what do I need to start with? And that for me was tracking my expenses, right? I needed to know like, where my money was going, just because that was the issue that kind of made this all happen. So I started tracking my expenses and then automating my savings because I was living with my parents. I didn't have like a big chunk of rent to, to pay every month. So I was like, Oh, if I just put this, all this money that I could be paying on rent towards my debt, then like automatically, then I won't have to think about it and I won't spend it first. So it was the automatic, like automatically like going from uh, my paycheck to my savings. So then I can make that payment to the student loans. But you know, those two things were like, just what I did to like, really get it. That that was my game plan. I didn't have a budget. I didn't make a budget just because I didn't, I didn't see the value in it. And I still don't like religiously make a budget. Can you talk about that? Because I think that's a kind of a controversial stance for a lot of people. Yeah. So I personally, I don't think, I don't think budgets are bad. I don't think it's that. I just think I, I'd like to know that if my money is going into my savings, anything else I can spend however I want. Like it doesn't need to be, this is different if somebody's dependent on credit cards and stuff like that. But if you're somebody who, um, you know, just uses cash primarily, then I think, I, I don't know. I just, for me, it just seems so much easier to make sure that I know I'm going to have this much left over to spend on what I want. And some months, some of that might be eating out and other months it's going to go towards gifts. So it, it really fluctuates where I don't feel the need to have a breakdown of 
this is how much I'm going to spend. Now, don't get me wrong. I do have a breakdown of like how much my bills are because I like to know, I need to know like what I can spend, like what is left over after like my necessaries are met and necessaries, I include savings in that because that is a necessary thing for me. Investing is also something that happens necessarily. So after that, anything else is fair game. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You, you know, you're just making sure that all the basics and all the necessities are covered. And I'm the same way too. Like, I just don't have the attention span to like break down every single dollar uh, where it's going. Like, I know as long as my bills are paid, I'm paying myself first with savings and investing and, you know, all the, the lights paid, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then whatever money's left, like, you're going to have different things you want to do each month. And as long as you're not spending money you don't have, I think, yeah, it makes a lot of sense what what you're doing. So so what was the total amount of debt that you paid off and how quickly did you do that? So I what the total amount that I like advertise and say that I paid off is the 26,000 in 26 months. But obviously I had more more debt that I like had paid off earlier in my journey. But the reason why I include these 26 months is because it, it was that you know, 2017, I calculated from September 2017 to when I paid it off in December 2019. So that's when I was like really gung ho about getting rid of the student loans. Before that, it was just like me making payments like randomly. But um... planning for your next trip, elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online store shop phase to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dinero, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dinero now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dinero. Yeah, so since so September 2017 to December 2019, and um, 
that was like 26 months of paying off my debt, but also things came up in, in the process of that. So it wasn't just like, you know, me simply making payments for the debt. I also built an emergency fund and I um, build up enough savings to move out into my own apartment. So, you know, things that come with those costs, like, yeah, you know, first month's rent, the broker fee, all of that. So what is it that made you kind of focus on not only just the debt payoff, but the emergency fund? Because I think some people, you know, they get overwhelmed with the thought of like trying to achieve a bunch of things at once, but you had a specific reason as to why you decided that that was a priority for you. Yeah. So I didn't start out like thinking that I was going to build an emergency fund. In fact, I didn't, I don't think I had learned yet that emergency funds, like when I started my process, I didn't know that I needed an emergency fund. Like I, I didn't know what that was until I started seeing people at work, like either leave on their own accord or like get laid off. And I, I got scared because I, I'm a very like anxious person. I'm like, is my job at jeopardy? Like, what do I do? And quite frankly, I had a nice situation. You know, I was living at home. So before then, I didn't think I needed an emergency fund. I'm like, well, I'll just, I don't know, something will happen. My pay- next paycheck, whatever. But it was that moment that I'm like, no, I need to make sure I got something in case that next paycheck doesn't come. Mm-hmm. So that's when I decided to build a 10K emergency fund. And that number was kind of just like, let's just put it 10K. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a nice you know, number. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, let's, let's aim at 10K. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so I stopped making all those extra payments towards the student loan and I like detoured into the emergency fund, but it was kind of something that I felt was necessary for that time in my life. And especially because I was ha- we were, my partner and I were having those conversations about moving in together in the next year or so. And I knew I would probably have a harder time if I wanted to build up a nice hefty emergency fund if I were living on my own. Yeah, that that makes so much sense. And I think it's really important to highlight the idea that, you know, pivoting from your original goal is not necessarily a bad thing. Like, no, it's okay to all. make modifications based on your situation. And yeah, like, the, I think we get so caught up sometimes and just like, oh, my God, I said I was going to do this and I have to do it by then. And if I don't do it by then, I'm a failure. And it's like, no, like, life changes and you have to be prepared for the unexpected. So I think that's a really good lesson. Exactly. Like I changed my payoff date twice. It was supposed to be like October, 2018. And then it got pushed back to May, 2019, because then I had to save for like moving out and my house, my apartment and all that stuff. So I, I moved it twice and I didn't care because other things happen in your life. It's not all just like, let's pay this off. Like, sure. It would have been nice to be able to say like, I paid $26,000 and 12, uh, 16 months or whatever. But yeah, no, I had other things I wanted to do too. So did the emergency fund come in handy? Did you have end up having some sort of emergency while you were Oh my gosh. <laughs> no. So not while I was, well, actually the emergency happened while I was still in my debt payoff journey. Mm-hmm. But uh, in August of 2019, so last summer, I got in a car accident, of course, I like I don't ever drive. And I don't know why people ask me to drive. But this time my sister had <laughs> listen, it's really weird to hear a Jersey girl say like, I don't drive because if you're from the suburbs in Jersey, you're like, what do you do then? 
Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Exactly. You don't do anything. You stay at home and you listen to podcasts yeah. and you talk about personal finance <laughs> with your phone. <laughs> That's what you do, people. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> but um, yeah, so last summer, my sister had like some head surgery and she couldn't drive. So she had to go pick up in Washington Heights in the city. So I came I came from Brooklyn because I'm now I'm living in Brooklyn to go home to stay with her and take care of her. And she's like, actually, let's go to the city because I have to pick up some like spiritual medicine from a, a family doctor. So I'm like, okay, I don't really want to drive to New York City. Like I know, like driving in New Jersey is one thing, but like going into the city is another thing. So we yeah. drive, no problems. Driving back, we're on the turnpike and all of a sudden a car on my left side is trying to go across the turnpike and hits me on the driver's side. And I like freak out because I don't know what to do. Cause I don't drive. So I don't know like what you do. My sister's like, you need to get their plate. You need to get their plate. And I was like, I can't move the car. And um, <laughs> so that person just drove off because they, they got out of their car. They looked at their car. They looked at my car and they're like, oh, that's, nah, that's their problem. And they drove oh off. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, if you're from Jersey, that's probably not surprising. <laughs> yeah, no. And I live in Florida now and they do the exact same shit. And that's because everybody from New Jersey and New York is moving over here and they're just bringing their, their bullshit over here. So it's a, it's always like you're taking your life into your hands, getting behind mm-hmm. the wheel. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. So, so what kind of damage did you end up having with the car? Like what, what happened? Yeah. So my... <laughs> We we called the police. The police w- weren't coming. It took forever to even like just wait for them. That my sister was like, you know what? The person left. The person's not gonna. Their insurance isn't gonna cover it. They're gonna call my insurance, and then my stuff is gonna go up. And I don't even like. And I was like, I d- I don't know whose insurance I'm under. You know, obviously, mm-hmm. I probably would have been covered under her insurance because you know, if you have somebody driving your car, I think it's fine as long as they don't live with you. But yeah, I was like, I'm not trying to, you know, figure that out. But we ended up having to just, I drove very slowly to her house and she paid for half of the repairs and I paid for the other half, which was about 1500. So it was a good chunk of my money or not a good chunk, but I was, I was like, ah, like, I don't want to give it to you. And you know what? I offered to pay for the, f- the full thing too, because it was my mistake and all of that. But my sister was like, you know, it happens. Let's just go half. So oh, she was yeah. really nice about that. And so it didn't like, you know, it didn't take too much out of my emergency fund, but it was still like hard for me to like, let go of that over something. Yeah. That was, like, well, and not it's my like- fault. <laughs> Thank God you had it because, you know, sometimes something as simple as a car accident is enough to get people into debt because they just don't have the some money set aside for emergencies, which we know there is always a guarantee that something is going to happen, whether it's a car accident or an unexpected medical issue or you end up owing taxes when you thought you weren't going to. And like those are the things that adding up if you don't plan for them can really like just completely destroy your personal financial situation. So yeah, a hundred percent. And you know, if if she needed her car to get to work, so like if she didn't have a car that was not only going to affect, you know, her situation, but like her family and it was just going to be a lot. Like I could. Planning for your next trip. 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I could have gone home easily. Like, I could have gone back to Brooklyn and not been affected by it, but it was her who was going to be affected by it. So yeah. even if it's not something that happens that you cause or happens to you, but like affects you by just being, you know, the person who owns the car or whatever, you have to be prepared for these things. Absolutely. So I'm curious what advice you have to give to someone who is thinking that, you know, they're having their light bulb moment. They're like, I need to get a handle on my finances, but I really just have no idea where to start. So the one thing that I'm going to say, and the one thing that really helped me was that the tracking of your expenses, what I, what I say a lot, and you probably hear this on my Instagram, if you follow me is like, you don't know what's, you don't know what you're, what you're spending your money on. If you don't know, like what's coming in and what's going out, like you need to first understand the flow of your money and then you can make decisions, right? If you go into like wanting to, you know, get out of debt or whatever, like achieve another goal, financial goal, and you don't really know how much you're spending or you don't have a realistic number, you might not, it might be more difficult to reach those goals because you just don't have a realistic number in mind. You can't, you know, you can't just one day say like, I'm only going to spend $20 on groceries if in the past you've been spending up to 400, like that just, how would you know? So I think tracking your expenses is essential. It doesn't need to be forever. I do it forever just because that's the kind of person that I am. But like, if you do it for three months, just to see like what some of the trends are, that'll really um, be beneficial. Yeah, that's great advice. So since you are so into like this growth mindset, because you were kind of initiated, right, by your parents. So what's your money mantra that you kind of, you know, repeat to yourself or that you you say to yourself whenever you're trying to like channel something financially in your life? Yeah. So I don't have a mantra necessarily, but I think one of the things that I tell myself constantly, because it's something I'm always going to be working on is just to understand that money is an energy. Money flows in and out of your life. Let it go and it'll come back to you. Don't hold on to it like for dear life, because that is when you're, that's when you'll struggle. So that's yeah. something that I constantly have to remind myself because, you know, I'm, I'm guilty of that. I'm guilty of feeling like, oh, but it's $1,500. Like that's some of my emergency fund money, but like, no, it was your emergency fund for emergencies, Danielle. It's okay. And I, and it's constantly reminding yourself that, you know, like thinking and breathing and just being like, it's just money. It's that. Yeah. <laughs> That, that's hard. And but yeah, I have to agree with you once you start. And I think it's all part of that, like abundance mindset where like, if you believe that there is an infinite amount of wealth out there, then why would anything be stopping it from coming to you? But you have to first believe that you're entitled to that and you deserve that. Right. So 
you know, the same way that you can kind of keep yourself in a poverty mindset where if you're just thinking about the lack of the money and like you're never going to get ahead. Yeah, you're probably going to self-sabotage and like create this environment that's not allowing you to move ahead. So I think that's really that's really great. Yeah. So where can we find out more about you and follow your journey? So I have a weekly newsletter, but you can find the link to all of that on my Instagram. If you're on Instagram, it's just at first gen money. And if you're not on Instagram, but you want to either sign up for the newsletter or just read more about my story and, you know, some tips that I have and resources, then you can just go to firstgenmoney.com. Danny, thank you so much. This was an awesome conversation and I can't wait to hear feedback about your controversial budget anti-budget <laughs> oh, <God>. recommendations, <laughs> you know, because I'm, I'm, I have a feeling people are just gonna be like, but what do you mean? But I think it's really great advice. You know, it's just like, look, you have to know what's coming in to know what's going out and make sure your bills are paid. And it yeah. doesn't really need to be like rocket science. You shouldn't need to be an accountant to just be able to manage your money. Right. Like it's just not that exactly. serious. Yeah. And you yeah. know, quite frankly, not a lot of people have that much time to like sit there and like go through every single like line item and budget so if you if done right it can work for a lot of people absolutely well thank you so much yeah thank you for having me this is great i hope you guys enjoyed this conversation with danielle i love her straightforward approach to managing her money i feel like a lot of times people get freaked out when they hear the word budget and A budget doesn't have to be this Excel spreadsheet that just drives you crazy and turns into an eye chart. Honestly, budgeting is just knowing what money is coming in and what's going out. And if you know that much, you're already ahead of the curve, right? So you don't have to take a prescribed method for managing your budget if it doesn't feel natural to you. You can apply whatever works for you, and that is the right method as far as I'm concerned. So I hope you guys are loving these conversations. As always, if you are a fan of the podcast, I ask that you share this with your friends and family and that you definitely subscribe so that you get alerted whenever there is a new episode published. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please make sure to leave a review. And as always, guys, join us over on Instagram. Yo Quiero Dinero podcast is the handle and there are people joining every day. I just love the community we're building around personal finance and I love how it's connecting so many like-minded people. So if you want to be part of the fun, definitely come and join us. And until next time, stay motivated, stay inspired, stay on track and stay poderosas.
On the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast and associated entities, all information provided is for general information purposes only and does not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Listeners should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this podcast and associated entities and disclaim all liability with respect to such information, including but not limited to any liability for errors, inaccuracies, omissions, or misleading or defamatory statements. Usage of this podcast and associated content constitutes an explicit understanding and acceptance of the terms of this disclaimer.